Welcome to the Originers podcast. Comparisonitis has been sweeping through society and it's reached rising levels of contagion in the age of social media. But what is it? Comparisonitis has you constantly comparing your life, your work and your success with other people. Their lives may seem more exciting, their achievements more incredible and their success on another level. It's natural to want to do some degree of comparison. It's a way of checking in with where we are. But unchecked, it's bad for our mental health and potentially bad for our relationships because it can lead to destructive thoughts and behaviours. Comparisonitis gets into your cells and kills your joy, your esteem and your motivation. It can also stir up uncomfortable feelings like jealousy, resentment and bitterness, like a raging temperature that won't go away. You know you shouldn't be feeling these things, and that just adds to the sense of shame of it all. So what can you do? The good news is, there's an effective treatment for comparisonitis that doesn't involve any needles, syrup or adverse side effects. And by the time you get to the end of this episode of the Originers podcast, you could be feeling better about yourself already. Originers are driven by their ideas, their passion and their desire to make things happen. They are made for something special. What makes them unique is their blend of experiences, skills, personality and values. This means no one else thinks, speaks and does things exactly like them. This originality gives them their greatest opportunity to stand out, make an impact and succeed with their ambitions. When you are an Originer, your voice makes the future. Welcome, I'm Loretta Milan. I'm a communication expert and host of the Originers podcast. Comparison. I don't know anyone who makes it through life without it. We use it as a form of orientation, a way of knowing where we are in the world in relation to other people. Our natural urge to compare begins in childhood, particularly if you have siblings or very close friends who you saw often. Picture this. There's a birthday and you're gathered with other children to celebrate. There are balloons and presents and party poppers. Out comes the cake. You all sing happy birthday and the candles are blown out. Then it's time to cut up the cake. You are handed a colourful plate with a piece of sponge that has brightly coloured icing. It looks delicious and you feel happy. You grab your spoon and you're ready to tuck in. Until, wait a minute... You look around. Someone else has a bigger piece than you. Hey, that's not fair. Why do they deserve that? They're at the same party. They're the same age. Suddenly, your delicious piece of cake doesn't look as nice. It's ruined by the taste of jealousy, by the unfairness. You're now judging what you have, not by whether it satisfies you, but by how it compares. Comparison crops up in other forms as we grow older. In school, our performance is compared to others in terms of our grades or how we do on sports day or whether a painting we've created makes it up onto the classroom wall. 
we become more fixated on how good we are compared with others over how satisfied we are with what we have done. We also compare our possessions, how we look, the cars we go on to drive and the houses we go on to buy. A way to spot comparison at play is through your words. Do you catch yourself wishing? You may say things like, I wish I was as good as, or I wish I had that thing like that person does, and so on. Comparison can also present as self-pity. For example, you may find yourself saying, if only I had this, then I could do that. Or, if only I had what they have, I'd be happy too. Not all wishes are bad. Desires can be powerful motivators and a guide as to what we really want. Measures can be useful too. They can help us know how we're doing, where we're doing well and where we need to improve. They can guide us as to where we need to invest in new skills, get more experience and put in more time and so on. But they become unhealthy when they don't take into consideration the whole picture. For example, when someone just starting out compares their performance to someone who's been working hard at it for 10 years or someone working solo on a project like a new entrepreneur compares their results to someone who has a whole team. Comparison is also unhealthy when the focus isn't on what we really want but on keeping up with others. For example, someone wanting certain trainers because others have them even though it wouldn't be what they choose or even though the cost of having them means they have to sacrifice having something they really desire. Unhealthy comparison can lead to you doing things you don't really want to do or pursuing things that won't bring you joy, leaving you empty and wondering why. Comparison can also ignore our unique makeup. We can never really compare ourselves with anyone because we all have an original blend of experiences, skills, personality and values. Your uniqueness is what makes you an origineur. So we will each bring something different to the game. Yes, that will mean we each have a unique set of challenges, but we will each have a unique set of advantages too. Comparisonitis cannot be left unaddressed. Forgetting your originality and leaning too much on comparison can lead to a build-up of anxiety, frustration, jealousy, resentment and hopelessness. You may tear yourself apart or look for faults in others to improve how you feel about yourself. So both internal and external outlets of comparisonitis are unhealthy. What we need then is an effective treatment for comparisonitis. You'll be pleased to hear there are eight feel-good things you can try. The first is to get in touch with who you really are and what you truly want. Get to know your values. They are core to who you are and your reason for living. They're your why. Then make sure your goals and desires align with them. Make sure they come from within you rather than from a fear of missing out on something or your feelings of inadequacy. The second thing you can do is be realistic. Be clear on where you are now and what you should expect from yourself at this stage. 
You can't compare someone who has 10 years experience or who has been building a business for decades with someone who is just starting out, for example. Ask yourself instead, where did they start and how did they get there? Are there any lessons you could learn from their journey that you could apply in your own way? And when it comes to what you really want, what are the steps you need to take and how long is it realistically going to take to get there? Then take action and take comfort in knowing that you are moving forward. The third thing you can do is be aware of just how much other people filter their lives. Most people don't post their bad days on social media. They don't post photos of them getting out of bed or recovering from the flu. They wouldn't usually post photos of them crying because their day is going badly or showing themselves looking awkward. No. Most people post the highlights of their lives. They post pictures of their holidays, fun times with the family, major achievements in business and other great stuff. They usually take a photo when they're looking good and there's a smile on their face. So, don't compare your reality to the highlights of someone else's life. Know that we're all human. We all face challenges and struggles, whether we talk about them or not. So take heart in knowing that you are not alone. The fourth thing you can do is embrace gratitude. It's easy to forget the good things in our lives, especially the tiny things, like the way the sun glows on a warm day. Regularly taking time to notice and appreciate the things that you are grateful for can help you realise how much you have in your life and it can help it feel fuller. I keep spaces in my diary to note down all the things I'm grateful for from the big things like winning awards to the small things like a conversation with a close friend. I find this is even more helpful on a bad day. It brings things into perspective. The fifth thing you can do is use comparison more positively. As I mentioned earlier, comparison isn't all bad. It can be helpful when used healthily. My partner is always telling people a story about when he was 16. His older brother, who was working, bought a brand new two-litre red for Capri and he initially felt jealous. At the time, he wasn't motivated at school and many people questioned whether he'd ever go places. The car got him thinking. He realised he really wanted a cool car too, not necessarily to copy his brother, but because he realised he'd like to be able to drive something nice too. He saw that his brother had found work that he was enjoying and it's that work that enabled him to buy the car. So rather than wallow in jealousy, he used this as inspiration and motivation to do something with his life. He began a career in the car industry, which gave him a chance to not only work on the cars, but drive them. And that led to a successful career running British factories, which he's very passionate about. So, if you find yourself comparing yourself to someone else, ask yourself, what is this telling me? Are your feelings guiding you to just copy? Or are they guiding you towards something you truly want? It doesn't have to be materialistic. If you see someone happy in their job and you find yourself saying, I wish I could be as happy as that, then maybe it's a signal to consider doing something about it. Is it time for that change? Use it as motivation. 
Just make sure that the drive is coming from within you and is aligned to your values. The sixth thing you can do is remember your strengths. We all have a unique set. You may find yourself wishing you could be as good as someone else at something. I'd find it handy, for example, to be great at complex mental arithmetic and I always admire people who can, but unfortunately, it's not in my reach. However, we all have strengths and that can be our focus. What can you do well? Also, how can you use your strengths to compensate for your weaknesses? For example, I love digital technologies, so I happen to be great at them. And I'm a whiz at Excel, so I use this to compensate for my mental maths. Your unique set of strengths, blended with your unique personality and your unique way of doing things, gives you a unique advantage. The seventh thing you can do is a bit of a crafty one. When you next finish some jam, marmalade or some old-fashioned sweets, clean and save the jar because a bit of crafting can help you with comparisonitis. Start by getting a piece of paper and writing down as many great things as you can across the page with plenty of space in between each one. These things could be happy memories, wonderful achievements, personal strengths, things you are grateful for. All things we've been discussing in this episode. Keep going until you run out of ideas. Now cut each word or phrase up. Roll or fold them and put them into the jar. Keep the paper and pen next to it for when you come up with other ideas at a later date. Then, whenever comparisonitis strikes, whenever you have a bad day or whenever you're just feeling a bit glum, dip into the jar as many times as you need to, to be reminded of how fabulous you are and that good times will come again. Finally, when you see other people doing well, celebrate it. Be authentic in your support and generous with your praise. Maybe give them a shout out on social media so more people can hear about it. When you can be truly pleased for others' successes, you know that you are developing immunity to comparisonitis. You are also building a community of support. It goes both ways, because when you have good things happen in your life, there will be others waiting on the sidelines, ready to cheer you on. So, what are the most important takeaways from this episode of the Originers podcast? 1. Comparisonitis can strike when you compare your life, your work and your success with other people too much. When comparison is unhealthy, it can leave you feeling unsatisfied and can lead to destructive emotions and behaviours. This can impact both you and your relationships. 2. Comparison is a natural way to orientate yourself and know where you are in relation to the world. But focusing on it too greatly and unhealthily can cause you to chase after things that you don't actually want and won't bring you joy. They may actually leave you feeling empty. Three, there are eight feel-good ways to heal from comparisonitis and all these remedies are worth a try. Experiment with them and find which ones help you best. The most important thing to remember is that you are unique and so getting to know yourself 
your values and what really matters to you is the path to true satisfaction and joy in life. We hope you found the lessons in this podcast valuable. In the show notes, you'll find a link to the article which accompanies this episode. It includes all the lessons and remedies for comparisonitis that we've shared with you today. Now is the greatest time to use the unique blend of experiences, skills, personality and values that make you an Origineur to stand out and succeed with your ambitions. The Origineurs podcast features expert tips and ideas to help you do this in a way that is not only effective, but feels great. You'll also enjoy regular inspiration from Origineurs around the world. Subscribe now because Originer, this is your time. Your voice makes the future.